0: I'm Debbie Addis. Welcome to my show, America, Can We Talk? Today we're going to talk about a Trump tweet bomb, you will love it, impeachment as cover, impeachment as a coup, and finally, the Senate GOP is AWOL. And of course I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hi again, welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. President Trump had a stellar tweet out yesterday, and it was toward the end of the show. I didn't get to get it on. But I want to use it as the basis of our conversation today about what's really happening in Washington in this impeachment effort. This is the very wonderful. Matthew the producer, uh, has this clip. It's actually, it was two tweets, as President Trump often does. So first, we're going with uh, the top one. Uh, this is President Trump's tweets. And um, here's uh, tweet number one, I think. Here we go. And this is President Trump tweeting out, as I learn more and more each day, I am coming to the conclusion that what is taking place is not an impeachment. It is a coup intended to take away the power of the, next tweet please, people, their vote, their freedoms, their second amendment, religion, military, border wall, and their God given rights as a citizen of the United States of America. You know, I don't put Trump's tweets up very often. I actually like his tweeting. On balance, I mean, some of the tweets I'm not crazy about, but he said something in that that I want to really focus on. Really, it's kind of the focus of today's show, and that is to try to get a clearer understanding of what is happening in Washington, why all of a sudden we have Trump impeachment epidemic going on, epidemic in the media, epidemic in the left, finding all these different reasons that Trump should be tweeted, uh, should be impeached. But I wanna go back to something. This is President Trump, and I couldn't get the right spot in the clip, so I'm gonna tell you about it. But President Trump, many of you may remember, in October of 2016, he made what many thought to be a real, uh, a kind of a game-changing speech in October of that year. So this is prior to the election, the month before the election, prior to his winning the presidency. He made a speech at one of his massive rallies. This was in Ohio. And what he said in that speech, I want to quote for you is this, our movement, he's speaking to his supporters in this, uh, you know, at this event in uh, Ohio, our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people, the Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exists for one, only one reason to protect and enrich itself. Establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power, levers of power in Washington, and for the global special interests, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat, like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we the people reclaim control over our government. As they say, no truer words ever spoken. President Trump was talking in 2016, having really been you know, kind of on the edges of Washington because of his activity as a, just kind of his role in America as a New York billionaire, as a you know, really a big time player, knew all the people, knew, you know, hung around really more with Democrats than Republicans, hung around with Jesse Jackson, hung around with uh, other black Americans who he, at the time, treated as friends and allies. But when he began running for, um, for the presidency, he realized that he really wasn't an insider like a lot of people thought. And he really realized that what he was talking about, this, this massive campaign to reassert the place of America in the world, to reassert the identity of America, to claim again that America is a unique, extraordinary place that he was going to encounter, not just opposition from leftists, from Democrats, who actually did not want him to win once he declared as Republican, but he was really running against a larger, monolithic force in Washington. You call it the uniparty, you can call it the ruling class, the ruling elite. He was going to upset many things in washington by the promises he was making to the american people among the examples were in that speech he talked about the power of the trade agreement sitting in place in place at that time trade agreements we america had entered into which actually helped big dollar people, it helped multinationals, it helped wealthy Americans, but had done a horrible harm to the American people, to the workforce, to the people of this country who want to work, who don't want to actually be on the Democrat plantation of government dependency. He was talking about breaking up those kinds of trade agreements that have been viewed by many as kind of the ruling elite. You know, we up in Washington, we decide what's good for uh, the world economy, what's good for other countries, and we make these deals not really focused on what's good for the American people and their desire to work for a living. So he was changing, he was announcing changes that a lot of people found very upsetting. His drain the swamp idea was not just get rid of a few politicians in Washington who have been there too long, it was getting rid of the mindset in Washington that basically had grown and grown and grown, especially under President Obama that said, we the Washington ruling elite, we run this country, you Americans, you Americans. Americans are just not going to be the ones in charge. You might think you are, but you're not. So this is a guy who is taking on really much of the encrusted ruling elite in Washington. So shocking the world, he won the election of 2016 and then began this ongoing, relentless effort to, in some way or other, get him out. One other point I want to make in introducing uh, the topic of the rest of the day, we're going to be talking about what this impeachment really is which is far deeper and, in fact, has almost nothing to do with a conversation President Trump happened to have on the phone with Ukrainian President Zelensky on July 25th of this year. This impeachment has almost nothing, in fact, I'll say nothing to do with that conversation. It has everything to do with the ongoing determination of people in power in Washington to get this president out of here because he's disrupted. He has interfered with their ruling elite class mindset, their way they do things in Washington and he's he's not letting it happen he is getting in their way he's standing up and putting the interest of the american people first and they can't stand it two other points i want to make there's a clip i believe we had a little trouble with our clips today so i think what matt the wonderful has this clip is i i think i labeled it clip one i want to just quick play this clip and show you a little bit of the mindset about impeachment this it starts with chuck schumer i expect history will show that we've lowered the bar on impeachment so much We have broken the seal on this extremely extreme extreme penalty so cavalierly that it will be used as a routine tool to fight political battles. Because we're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach the motherfucker. Sorry. That an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. I'm telling you folks, this is a powerful, powerful tweet. I actually got it from President Trump's Twitter feed, but I'm not sure if his campaign or his team put that video out or somebody else did, but you have to understand the same Democrats today out of their minds with the idea that they get to impeach Trump were back in 2016, what Schumer's referring to, not 2016, excuse me, back when President Clinton was in office and there was a debate in Washington about impeaching him just words of of you know great wisdom from the almighty chuck schumer and representative gerald nadler to the making the point that you don't use impeachment for political payback you don't use it because you're upset a little bit with one or two decisions it's a major monumental thing these people recognizing that impeachment should be rare it's a a profound power placed in the hands of congress and these people recognize it when they were, the president being uh, impeached was their guy. Now that we have President Trump and they want so desperately to get rid of him, you have people in Washington simply can't wait to find a reason to do it. And I do have two other points in this, a little bit longer than five, first five. Uh, one is that there's an ongoing discussion uh, among pundits and people in media so even on the conservative side saying, you know, we're just a little bit tired of defending President Trump. Does he always have to keep upsetting the apple cart? Why doesn't he make it easier for us to defend him? Why doesn't he make it easier for us to stand up for what he says and does? And my answer to this is, If you're on the conservative side and you cannot see what is happening to this president, if you cannot understand what the the source of the anger and source of the vitriolic headlines accusing him of all sorts of wrongdoing, you have no business speaking in public. You have no business being a pundit. Trump is doing precisely what he said he would do. He's doing what he said he would do. He's bringing jobs back. He's bringing a, a, a robust heartland back to America. He's defending America's borders as he said he would do. He's getting us out of bad trade deals and making better trade deals. This is a guy doing exactly what he said he would do, and he's only being criticized because people in media and on the American left are not used to a president actually executing on the plan. They have harangued, harassed, Criticize, critique him and everything he does, and this is not a guy, this is not a guy that is going to stand down. So you have people in the media just saying, we've got to find a way to get this guy. So the pundits out there who are getting tired, if you're on the conservative side and you're getting tired of defending President Trump, grow up. Understand, the defense is needed. If you don't defend him, the monolithic left-wing media, mainstream media, Democrat media mob will destroy him. Now I'm first to tell you, if he did something actually wrong, if he actually did, which he hasn't, but if he did, I'd be the first to say he has to be accountable for his wrongdoing. But what you're looking at in this impeachment is pure hogwash. Final point is this, how much the media has impact. So I had, recently I had dinner with a couple of friends, girlfriends, and one of them um, is very politically active like I am, another one is not. You know, she's very bright, she's very intelligent, she's very successful, entrepreneur, just made a great life for herself. As we're going through dinner, chit-chatting, catching up and everything, she just said, well, and she knows that the other two of us are more political, she said, well, I'm just going to put it out there. I think Trump is guilty. So I said, guilty of what? I mean, seriously, I wasn't being smart Alec. I don't know where she's going with this, but I said, guilty of what? As I listened to her remarks, what I realized is that the headlines that pummel day after day after day after day attacking President Trump. They're having their impact on people who don't pay attention. This is a Republican voter. This is a relative conservative, I and mean, she's not, you know, Uber Tea Party-ish conservative. She's a conservative. She votes Republican. She voted for Trump. So we had to go through the conversation at dinner you know guilty of what and walk through the steps but i'm telling you what i did with my friend at dinner is what every one of you listening needs to do to your friends with your friends who are getting sucked in by this unbelievable effort to destroy president trump over having done nothing wrong and i'm telling you that little video we just saw this trump payback this is trump political using the impeachment power to remove a president It's really just because they don't like him, they don't like that he won, and now there's comment at the end, uh, when he was trying to defend President Clinton, he all of a sudden could see the great virtue in pointing out that impeachment actually is an attack on the American voter impeaching trump is an attack on the voters who supported him who chose his policies who are happy that he is actually following through in the policies he said he would follow through it's an attack on you and once you see it as an attack on you and that's what it is an attack on you we need to rise up in defense because there's very very few people doing it one way to rise up in defense i'm going to say it again at the end you should be contacting your house member your senators both your senators whoever your house member is whichever party they're part of, to say, I stand with President Trump, don't you dare impeach him. Because it is grotesque, it's a grotesque miscarriage of justice and of the impeachment power if we're gonna let the left get away with this political attack on him, disguised as a a, a legitimate impeachment. And that, my friends, is today's First Five. I want to turn, I I'm on the impeachment topic today. I really want to make sure that I'm making the points that I can make them as clearly as I can. And we're clearly going to be happy talking about this for months on end, but I wanted to break down the impeachment into a discussion today in two parts. This is impeachment as cover. Understand that the American left is terrified, terrified that their involvement in the coup inside the FBI and the DOJ in cooking up false charges of Russia-Trump collusion, cooking up the whole Papadopoulos-Mifsud adventure where the CIA, it appears, planted a CIA asset to give false information to Papadopoulos, who then turned around and gave it to Alexander Downer of Australia, who then used it to launch the impeachment effort. Understand that there are many Democrats in Washington, inside FBI and DOJ, and inside our government, who do not want that truth to come out. So moving toward impeachment is a cover essentially it gives them cover from media attention from public attention from media scrutiny on what happened what brought about the russia trump collusion hoax what brought about the completely unnecessary and expensive, Mueller investigation, what brought that out? These people in Washington do not want that discussion to be had in America. I'm gonna play a brief clip for uh, you. This is Stephen Miller. Uh, he is a White House guy. I think he's Trump's uh, speechwriter, but he's also a guy who had a, um, uh, the, he has a clip, the deep state is terrified of being exposed. You know, we had a hard time with these clips today. Oh, you have it, yay, okay. I wanna play this please for uh, our listeners. Well, I do agree that Senate Democrats are probably terrified about the cliff they're being driven over by Pelosi and the radical election-nullifying Democrats in the House of Representatives. And so I don't doubt that's the case. But let's also be clear what the even deeper fear is. The deepest fear of all is the deep state is terrified of being exposed, Lou. What we have right now is a situation in which the Attorney General of the United States and John Durham are going to get to the bottom of what really happened in 2016. And we're going to find out what went on and what was done to try and sabotage this president and try to sabotage this administration. And that has the deep state and their Democrat allies terrified. Great summary. That is exactly what is happening in Washington. Exactly. This guy, and you know, you think about the just astonishing. Um, he's so forthcoming. He's not apologetic. He's not saying, "Well, we think maybe this is what happening is happening." People who've been paying close attention understand that the Democrats decided early on. After President Trump, duly won, the duly elected president, won the election in 2016, they decided this guy has to go. They tried the Russia-Trump collusion. They tried lying to the FISA court to get this uh, effort going to, to take out Trump. They also, though, and why I want to fo- focus in this segment on impeachment as a cover, is because so many of them were right in the middle of it, and it's the last thing they want the American people to understand. One thing happening in Washington right now is this, the Senate uh, Chairman Chuck Grassley, he's now Chairman of Finance, he used to be Chairman of the Judiciary Committee. He wrote a letter to the Department of Justice in first tr- tried in July of 2017. So Trump's already in, you know, the whole Trump-Russia collusion thing is underway and being investigated. And Chuck Grassley, Chairman Grassley, wrote a letter to, uh, with another uh, chairman uh, to the Justice Department. He said there was meddling there was meddling in the U.S. election, meddling by the Ukrainian government at the behest of Democrats. So he is giving heads up to the DOJ, this is the chairman of the finance committee, at that time is chairman of the judiciary, saying you need to look into the collusion between the Democrats and the Ukrainian government when the Democrats are trying to stir up trouble, trying to encourage Ukrainian government to interfere in America's elections. The Department of Justice at that point, even though we had the duly elected president of the United States and allegedly executive branch under his control, we had Rod Rosenstein in charge and we had the Mueller investigation going on. And the Grassley letter went nowhere. Not going to do a thing about it. They're just let unless sit there and let it happen. Now, though, there is another letter, Grassley and now Senate Homeland Security Chairman Ron Johnson. Went back, September 27th letter, went back to Justice Department and say, we want you to look into the brazen efforts by the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton campaign to use the government of Ukraine for the express purpose of finding negative information on then candidate Trump in order to undermine his campaign. So now you're hearing, to get that really let that sink in, the Democrats, the last thing they want to have is the average Joe understand that it was Hillary and the Democrats stirring things up with the Ukraine trying to get the Ukrainian government to help interfere in America's election and you had Grassley notifying the DOJ not going to do a thing about it under the Rosenstein-Muller team and you have him now again saying you need to be looking into this. This is Hillary and the DNC using the Ukraine. So I'm telling you folks, there is great nervousness in Washington because a lot of people understood what the Democrats, the DNC and Hillary were doing, trying to stir up trouble in the 2016 election, trying to get the Ukrainians to interfere in America's elections. So what the Democrats settle on is something to actually go after impeachment over Trump, having a conversation with Zelensky saying, hey, why don't you look into this 2016 stuff? Why don't you look into what Biden did? And we have, by the way, I wanna remind our listeners because another thing, when people aren't informed, when you tell them something like, Well, Joe Biden actually admitted on open television that he was, uh, he did arm twist the Ukrainian government to force them to drop a criminal investigation of a company in which his son sat on the board and Biden threatened them to withhold a billion dollars worth of aid. My lovely friend at dinner, I was talking about earlier, I told that to her, I said, and she said, that couldn't be true. If that was true, they would have arrested him. Where is this in the news? Folks, you have to you have to be willing to dive in and understand what's happening. Understand the desperation in the Democrat Party to turn attention from their genuine wrongdoing, including Hillary, and the non wrongdoing that they're trying to pile on Trump. So we have, I believe, wonderful Matt. We have a little clip of Joe Biden. I've played this a couple times recently, but you gotta listen. It's short, sweet, and to the point. He's admitting, bragging that he essentially bribed the Ukrainian government, threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid if they wouldn't stop investigating a company on which his son was the on the board. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion? I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a b- <laughs> Fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. Okay, so I'm trying to send a little note to my to Matt, the wonderful. Okay, so there you have it. There you have you know Biden. This is kind of stuff they cannot stand to have come out. One last thing I want to mention is being discussed in Washington. And again, I'm getting at the idea a lot of the impeachment effort. Beside, I, I am willing. I, I know that the Democrats want to get rid of Trump. I know they want to get rid of him because as Congressman Al Green from Texas acknowledged, if we don't get rid of him, he's going to win again in 2020. They want to get rid of Trump for many, many reasons. One is because he really is draining their their Democrat uniparty swamp. He is doing that. He's also cleaning up our relationships with other countries. He's pointing out what Biden did in the Ukraine when he arm twisted, as you just heard him say, arm twisted the government to drop an investigation involving his son's company. Trump is exposing this stuff. So the idea that the Democrats are complaining that President Trump made mention of this, you have to get what they're saying. Think of what they're saying. They're saying they can be corrupt. Biden can be corrupt to the core. Biden can brag on national television. But when Trump says, I think you should look into this, He says that to Zelensky. You should look into this Ukrainians. That's what's impeachable. You have to recognize the hypocrisy, the absurdity, the outrageous nature of this effort. It is based on nothing. It is based on no wrongdoing at all. But I'm telling you, you may know these things because you listen to my show or you read a lot. But the average Joe American, even people who voted Republican, the way the media carries the story and they keep talking about Trump and impeachment and, you know, conspiracy. And and they think, well, maybe I don't understand. Maybe that really was a bad thing that Trump said that in that phone call. Back to my conversation with my friend at dinner. She said, well, he said in the phone call that he should look into Biden's wrongdoing. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he did. You, I mean he I mean he's not hiding that at all. He released a transcript. He's not hiding it. But they're able to concoct this perception that there is a unbelievable, clear everyone should recognize it wrongdoing because Trump is saying you should look into the wrongdoing the democrats engaged in that we all already know about that's what trump is really saying one little piece of this i was going to mention to you uh, another uh, bit of the uh, effort of the people on the uh, conservatives in washington trying to point out uh, some of the wrongdoing in this september 27th letter i mentioned by grassley and um and ron johnson uh, to the justice department they pointed out someone named alexandra chalupa her last name is Chalupa, and this is a woman. She's a daughter of Ukrainian immigrants. She's a Dem operative, and she has been in America working to help the Democrats um, and, and, and and as a connection with Ukraine. So these people are saying Grassley and, and uh, Roberts are saying or Johnson, excuse me, are saying, why didn't she have to register as a foreign agent? I mean, this is what Manafort was charged with. This is what uh, what Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was charged with, the Dem operative in Washington, trying to help the Democrats and the Ukrainians, facilitating all this this, uh, corruption that the Democrats are seeking. And Grassley, at at least they're, they're pointing out to the DOJ, why isn't this a problem? I'm telling you, there are many people in Washington, neck deep in what happened inside the FBI, inside the Department of Justice, trying to take down Trump, neck deep in it, they're also fully aware of all the corruption went on under the Obama administration, with Hillary trying to use Ukrainians, with Biden on open television telling you how he tried to he did arm twist the Ukrainians. And these people in Washington are using this Trump did something impeachable in a phone conversation, urging Zelensky to look into the Ukrainian, the Biden Ukrainian thing. It is so beyond the pale, it is a, it is that you know we used to use that expression that that whenever the mainstream media and the Democrats, which is you know redundant, with the two of them, want to distract America's attention from something wrong, they would do that. Oh look, squirrel, squirrel! And just like a dog will jump and run out the back door and chase a squirrel, they're trying to get the American people to look to say, look, shiny object, squirrel. Look at this is Trump. A terrible conversation. I mean, I think Trump actually tripped them up quite a bit by just almost instantaneously saying. I'll release the conversation. I don't mind. Let me let me tell you, show you exactly what it was. He's made it harder for them to make their point um, because, he, or, or to make allegations about the Zelensky-Trump phone call, because he's saying, no, I'll tell you all about it. But in closing, I really, in this segment, closing a segment, I want to encourage you to recognize that this is a this impeachment effort by the left is just a cover-up effort. They want to cover their trail. They want to. To distract the American people and the media from what really happened at the Ukraine between the Democrats and them. So they're starting down on this Trump uh, Ukrainian uh, effort. And this is just a, um, folks, I, I truly think, as I said previously in the show, I think this will backfire because the facts are not on their side. And then I want to turn to impeachment as a coup. And I, you know, this is a, when I say the word coup, I know early on when people began to realize the depth of the corruption inside the FBI and the DOJ, the depth of determination they had during the election cycle to cook up a false allegation against uh, candidate Trump, to cook up something. So you had Hillary and the DNC uh, paying for the uh, Russian dossier, coming up with just silly allegations, nothing to them. Mueller looked into it for two years and said there's nothing here. But you had the effort inside the DOJ and the FBI almost from the start when it became apparent Trump was going to become the Republican nominee and his popularity was growing. They wanted to take him out. So on this coup attempt, The first thing they did, just be really clear in understanding this stuff, they decided, you know, if we can plant something, we we have to legitimize our investigation of him. So they had the whole CIA apparent involvement in getting George Papadopoulos to sit down with this Mifsud character in Italy, Mifsud feeding Papadopoulos information, Papadopoulos repeating it to the Australian diplomat Downer, who then conveys it to the cia and fbi to the u.s government the u.s government sets up the scene and then ends up using what they set up as the basis for these fisa warrants we already know that the fisa warrants the application that the fbi used to begin official spying on the trump campaign were based on fraudulent lies based on lies in the fisa warrants so they're already saying acknowledging by their actions they're fine with going after the trump team and using cooking up any allegation they could to start with i want to talk i'm going to get to the whistleblower thing in a moment because it does really matter but i want to make sure about this um on this setup thing that to point out the double standard and what's really happening here the double standard is just almost uh, just almost unbelievable the effort that the to go to to make illogical arguments to justify impeachment. And the left is doing this, and the media is happily repeating every chance they get. So Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, our secretary of state, he's working under President Trump's direction. And he said recently that, yes, he, Pompeo, was in the room in the White House with President Trump when Trump was on the phone with Zelensky. So, okay, why would that even be shocking? He's the secretary of state. This is, yeah, you know, that's his job to understand our relations with foreign governments, but that was treated, oh my gosh, now we have it, now it's proof, look, Pompeo was in on it. Pompeo said, yeah, it was there in a phone call and we've released a transcript. So, you know, what, what are you even talking about? But they're trying to make Pompeo's presence in the White House with president trump on the phone with zelensky is somehow a problem Barr has also attorney general Barr, who is the actual the actual attorney general of the united states he's asked the australian um, prime minister scott morrison for cooperation in the justice department probe into illegal foreign influence in the 2016 election and this raises something i want to be sure and mention in addition to the fisa warrants which you know they were problematic of course but in addition to the fisa warrants. That were that were just you know obtained based on dishonesty and on lies. There was also obvious an effort within this is again under the Obama years. Obama administration still in place. FBI, DOJ. They're working out to looking out to different people who are on the American. um, You know there are allies. In fact, the term used for them has been called Five Eyes. And the Five Eyes, as I as I mean by. EYES the five you know entities whose eyes are on things with us the five eyes groups group being Canada Britain Australia New Zealand and us it appears the Obama administration reached out to those five eyes to say basically can you help us get dirt on Trump can you help us destroy Trump so Obama team can do that use our allies who are supposed to have this five eyes relationship to investigate actual corruption. Instead, Obama team appears to have used five eyes to go after Obama's political opponent because they really, really, really don't like uh, Donald Trump and they went after him trying to say essentially, you know, we, we want you to help us make this guy go away. So now Barr, first of all, no one's hiding anything president trump has acknowledged yeah i would like these allies to work with us to help us understand what the heck happened in this 2016 under the obama administration what happened in this apparent actual effort to take out a a political opponent obama's using our allies to go after Trump. And Trump is saying, Yeah, I would like to know what happened. So he's asking Barr, Yeah, I want you to try to go after and talk to them. You know, Canada, Britain, Australia, New Zealand. In fact, uh, as we talked about, I think yesterday, Barr was over in Italy. This is making the left very nervous. He's over in Italy and he's asking around, finding out Italians' involvement. Uh, we had uh, Barr reaching out to the Prime Minister of Australia, which of course he should do. And that, the media tries to spin. And really get this point about how crazy this impeachment effort is, the media tries to spin the determination of the Trump Justice Department to understand what corrupt things happened under the Obama administration. And that constitutes wrongdoing, don't you see, on the part of Barr. Barr shouldn't really be doing his job as attorney general and in investigating crimes. You see, that's what the Democrats are arguing. Trump wants Barr to look into it. Barr is looking into it. And the left is arguing that that constitutes somehow an absolute wrongdoing. In fact, one, I didn't find the clip again. We're getting ready, but I think it's one member of Congress talked about Barr should have to recuse himself if he's going to get involved in this. So you get what they're saying. Obama can undermine Trump's campaign all day long. They can cook up a, a, a fiction with, inside the FBI. They can use false affidavits to get FISA warrants. They can engage the assistance of our allies, our Five Eyes allies, in helping to destroy their political opponent. Obama can do all that. Trump can't, tr- can't look into it. Trump can't even try to figure it out. He's not allowed to figure it out. He's not allowed to be part of this because you know, he's bad guy, Trump bad guy. That's why he has to go. And then I want to mention there's a couple of things in this whistleblower impossibly ridiculous argument about whether the whistleblower had to be, have firsthand knowledge or could a fr- whistleblower uh, rely on hearsay. And regardless of what you might've read on factcheck.org. I went to factcheck.org. So look at what are they talking about? And honestly, it's kind of shocking and very disappointing. But the short story is now this whole effort to impeach Trump over the Zelensky phone call is being buttressed by or supported by this alleged whistleblower complaint. The whistleblower law just spells it does not actually the whistleblower law itself does not spell out whether a person has to have firsthand knowledge or can make a complaint based on hearsay the law itself does not the law is doesn't say either way but the regulations by the um the uh i always lose their name first of all the law is a whistleblower protection act and that does not say hearsay is bad or does not require firsthand knowledge but the icig guidance you know the intelligence committee intelligence community inspector general the icig guidance has always said it has to be firsthand and to be more precise it's saying if it's not firsthand we can't spend time looking into it. We can't spend time looking into everything somebody comes up with if you're not speaking as a whistleblower with personal knowledge. Well, the, the ICIG guidelines were changed in May of this year little noticed at the time changed to say, essentially, you don't have to have firsthand knowledge. You can be reporting hearsay. You can say, I don't know a thing about it, but my friend, Joe, who works in this department, she said, or he said, and that that's sufficient. Now it's really interesting because part of the reason for many years that this ICIG guidelines required firsthand knowledge to make a whistleblower complaint. Was because of the obvious opportunity for just, you know, mischievous is too nice a word for false allegations for for arguments that, th- that things that should be that because you're uh, bad motives you're, you're going to set in, in into investigation, set into play an investigation of someone you don't like over a secondhand uh, hearsay complaint and so they always said you know what you gotta you, you have to know firsthand well that was changed in may of this year so the whistleblower complaint we're now all staring at among as many other shortcomings uh it is not based on first-hand knowledge in fact i saw a report today saying that whoever wrote this whistleblower complaint um checked both boxes saying Yes, I have some personal knowledge, but most of what I have is just hearsay. And I wanna also mention to you how with the great, how rife it is, just is just a, a disaster waiting to happen if you have the idea that any hearsay, any rumor someone hears could be the, pay, the basis for filing a formal whistleblower complaint Just think of all the mischief and time and money and investigative effort you could waste if anyone could do that. But uh, up comes uh, John Brennan, former CIA head and, and the one many people think was behind the whole big coup attempt. Brennan put out a tweet September 28th. So just a few days ago, a reminder to federal officials. This is Brennan's tweet, a reminder to federal officials. There is no limit on the number of individuals, who can use the whistleblower whistleblower statute. If you think you're involved in unlawful activity as a result of a directive from Mr. Trump, or someone doing his bidding, now is the time to report it. So this is a former CIA guy, clearly seen by many to be the, the grandfather, the, the, you know, my, the mastermind behind the whole coup thing, the one who apparently set up Papadopoulos and suit and other meetings trying to set up Trump officials. He's tweeting out, encouraging people to file more complaints, file more whistleblower complaints. So the form was changed in May, So you don't even have to be, you can be reporting hearsay. You don't have to have a firsthand understanding of it. It was changed at a time that makes it very suspicious that the person involved in that office, in the DNI, in that office was someone who was passed over for a promotion, it was a Obama deep state person who simply wanted to make it easier to set in place these kinds of ultimately to set in place this attempt to do the impeachment slash coup. Someone who thought, you know what, uh, this guy's going down and I'm, I don't like him. And so I'm going to make it really, really easy. I'm going to kind of grease the skids or, you know, prepare the runway for people who are going to file whistleblower complaints about Trump because we're going to say, yeah, you didn't have to know. You didn't have to know at all. So, uh, and I'll say even Liz Cheney, she's been like my new favorite Congresswoman. Liz Cheney actually had a press conference in which she said, the Trump Ukraine call is starting to seem like a political setup. You think? Yeah, I do. Okay, last topic for today, I want to turn to briefly, and that is where in the world are the Democrats in this, uh, at this time? Back to what Trump said when he, was talk, when he was right before he's gonna win the election, October 2016, his election was going to rattle some cages. His election was going to shake things up in Washington. He was turning not just our treaties, that was one piece of it, our treaties, our policies, our practice, how we live as a country, how we function as a government, Turn it back to putting the priority uh, on the needs of the American people, on the ability of the American people to uh, prosper, to live here. To, to I mean, th- this is a guy who was basically saying to the American people, the government's abandoned you, people. The the one the Uniparty in Washington isn't listening to you, but he, Trump, was listening. Going to change things. So here we sit, and I want to just I I meant uh, you know if I had more time I would have done this, but. Just ask yourself, or Google, look up, how many hearings the U.S. House has held once the the Democrats won the majority? So in the December 2018 elections, the Democrats won the majority of the House. How many hearings? How many committee meetings? How many depositions? How many accusations? How many subpoenas? The Democrats have been on fire to destroy President Trump from the moment they won the majority in December 2018. Now think about the U.S. Senate. Fortunately, the U.S. Senate, we did retain a Republican majority. So we actually, you wouldn't know it, but we actually have a Republican majority in the U.S. Senate. How many hearings, depositions, subpoenas, what are those GOP centers doing? in the U.S. Senate as Trump is being vilified by the impeachment mob. I mean, America, I think American people can see it. They're sitting back and saying, what are these Democrats doing? They're out of line. They're looking for someone to stand up in Washington and the senators, the GOP senators who have the majority in the Senate are sitting on their hands at best. Sitting on their hands at best. Some of them are kind of making noise. Well, if this is really true, you know, Romney, who's just the, the McCain of the day, you know, Romney who's, who's you know, taken McCain's place, just the endless uh, maverick troublemaker, uh, just, just out of his way to get headlines more than to do what's right. Romney's already kind of hinted, well, gee, you know, if this is really happening, it could be a problem here. The Senate has, I mean, we have, for example, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence chaired by Richard Burr, North Carolina. And, you, and he, among many people, has been pointed to in Washington as someone who's far too reticent, far too unwilling to stand up for Trump. Why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he start calling hearings? You, I could send him a list of 20 people you ought to subpoena. So he is chairman of the, select Senate, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And this is happening on his watch he's doing nothing in fact by the way in fact on him I was going to mention that you know when there was the opportunity to fill the director of national intelligence slot with a great Texan John Ratcliffe who was um, he's a was a guy who's he's a US member of the US House right now but Ratcliffe one of the few high clearance House members who's seen all of the unredacted and classified documents associated with the FBI and DOJ activity so Ratcliffe knows everything. Trump nominates Ratcliffe to take over as Director of National Intelligence. The people who tube that, the people who conveyed to President Trump sorry, were not going to confirm him. You know, it's a position that the Senate has to confirm. Who do you think it was? Who in the Senate do you think With a Republican majority blocked Ratcliffe, who knows everything that really happened. And Ratcliffe identified them by names. In 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 an interview, he said it was SSCI, again, Senate Select Committee on Intelligence Chairman Richard Burr, along with Mitch McConnell, who blocked his nomination. So back to the Senate. Oh, I'm going to have to wrap up. I'm almost out of time. The Senate has a lot of power. They're not using it. I'm going to tell you the reasons why I think they're not using it. Number one, too many of them are neck deep in something they're worried about. They don't wanna have this, they don't wanna be discussing what happens at the DOJ and and Department of Justice. There's self-preservation, there's fear, in these senators' minds, if they stand up for President Trump, that they may have some backlash from the Washington media, who they rather please the Washington media than their own voters and their own president. Could be genuine ignorance, but I don't think so. It could be just personal dislike for Trump. But it doesn't matter if they like Trump. What matters is they are they do their job as required by the Constitution. It could be member their own membership in the deep state or just fear of exposure, fear of having uh, their own constituents upset with them. The end of the day on the Senate is, the Senate has tremendous power and they won't use it. They're letting Trump dangle in the wind with this ridiculous impeachment. Here's my dream, what I wish the Senate would do. I wish all Republican senators would line up on the steps of the Capitol, arms locked to say, This impeachment effort by the House is a continuation of the coup attempt. It is a continuation of the determination to destroy the duly elected president of the United States. Mark our words, this will go nowhere in the Senate. We are standing with President Trump. If that day would come, the Senate would stay in Republican hands in the next election cycle, just like it stayed in Republican hands when they stood strong and stood up for Judge Kavanaugh, now Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. When the republicans stand up the voters respond and they support them when they sit around with that the, they're you know in their offices and well i'm not really sure we've got to wait. thorough investigation has got to happen there are people are seeing it and thinking you wusses you're not standing up for our president okay i could say more but it ap- appears that i'm out of time or pretty much out of time i'd like to at the end of the of show every day to tell you why these stories uh, matter to you why the things we talk about matter to you so The Trump tweet bomb made my day. Trump's coup tweet is spot on. It lays bare for all Republicans exactly what's going on and what is at stake. Trump has pursued his campaign promise to drain the swamp, fulfilling his October 2016 promise to replace, his words, a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. Impeachment mania is part of the ongoing coup attempt, nothing less. We better wake up and recognize what's at stake. Impeachment as cover? The Dems' irrational reaction to Trump's call with Ukrainian President Zelensky is about. Barr and Durham appear to be getting close to exposing the truth about the deep state and their media and Democrat enablers that attempted and are still attempting a coup against the President of the United States of America. Dem attacks on efforts by Barr and Trump to get to the bottom of the 2016 coup are patently absurd. Biden admitted he armed, twisted Ukrainian officials and Democrat officials wrote letters begging the Ukraine to help them take down Trump. Dems want Trump out before their own actions come to light and before he will win again in 2020. The deep state mainstream media Dems are terrified of the accountability that may be coming. The impeachment as a coup Ukraine whistleblower is Mueller 2.0, a deep state contrivance to frame Trump plot exposing time changing of the standards for firsthand versus hearsay for complainants coincides. Oh, I didn't even get to this part. Were, but anyway, coincides with the dismissal of deep state loyalists at, uh, at DNI, heavily lawyered whistleblower complaint, described by many. There's no way some individual wrote this whistleblowing doc complaint. This is uh, doctored by lawyers, written by lawyers, not the work of one person. Pelosi acknowledged she saw it before it was leaked. Schiff's tweeting in August 2019 about Trump's dealing with Ukraine, it just smells like a setup. If it looks like a coup plot, it sounds like a coup plot, it feels like a coup plot, make your conclusion. Final thing, and the Senate GOP has gone AWOL. The GOP, especially elected officials, ought to be publicly, righteously indignant at the transparent, outrageous, ongoing coup attempt, not out of affection or loyalty to Trump as a person, but because of its intentional destructive impact on the Constitution and on the American Republic. But the GOP as a whole is not. The GOP majority in the Senate could be setting hearings, subpoenaing witnesses, issuing statements, denouncing this this attack on Trump, but they are silent. The 2020 turnoff for Trump will be astronomical, but it may not help the GOP. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Love to hear from you. Email me at americacanmetalk at gmail.com. Please like this page on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, follow me on Twitter, share our show. Love to have this conversation every single day about preserving America, the most extraordinary nation on Earth. And I speak about America because America matters. Talk to you tomorrow. and we talk truth about America.